And welcome in to the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Live I just in the let White it Clan. roll. Yeah, let it roll, man. <laughs> let it roll. Live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, intern Jack Marcus hopefully will be joining us momentarily. This is like Mahomes driving down the field in the fourth quarter, overtime. Yeah, pretty much. Just cruising. Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl 25-22 as the basketballs. It's like an embarrassing loss on Saturday. Very uncharacteristic basketball by the Vols on Saturday. If you're wondering why we are playing that song, it's because our number two of our show got deleted by our platform that we use to upload all of our podcasts. Well, apparently I used a song that they did not like, even though I've been using that song for the past two and a half to three years. All of a sudden, they don't like it. Therefore, we are using royalty-free music, the same song, as a matter of fact, just for today as a protest and to symbolize just how uh, how we look it for doubting. It took all of five minutes for that thing to get in my head already. I was just walking in the studio, just in the in my head, it was just humming along. Well, now you're going to be walking to the beat of it later, <laughs> later so don't worry. Jack, you're going to be doing the same thing. You're going to be walking around campus. That song's going to be playing in your head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tennessee. Goes down to College Station on Saturday. And, you know, I said on Friday, I thought we'd be, what, a a six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half point favorite. We opened up as a two-and-a-half, and and we did not. I mean, Wade Taylor, that guy started out hot. He was five of five from three to start this game. Tennessee could not get anything going offensively. Dalton Connect, yes, he had 22, but the fact of the matter is, I think he was three of eight or three of seven. Before he got put into the game for that last little stretch. You know, he came in, hit those three, three three-point shots. And that was more towards the end of the game. I mean, that's just like, I mean, that's just like painting over garbage, man. Yeah. At that point, that was not a, that was not a solid performance by him. Really not a solid performance by anybody. No. As a matter of fact, you know, when you look at everything going on, is this mic on by any chance? Because I can hear it. Like, I can hear myself talking. You wouldn't think that'd be on just because nobody was. I'm hearing like a weird echo right now. Let me turn you down. No, don't turn me down. Okay. Turn me up. But (laughs) don't don't turn me up. (laughs) Okay. Don't turn me up. I'll just leave it for now. But uh, Tennessee, of course, when you looked at the stats about 10 minutes through the second half, the only players that were shooting above 50% were Jonas Adu, Tobey Awaka, and Jemai Meshack. Those are the only three that were shooting above 50%. And what is the one thing that I've said this entire season? If this guy goes, the team goes. Zakai Ziegler. Zakai finished 5 of 15 from the field. At one point, he was 1 of 7. He finished with 15 points. And at the time that I started looking at all that, you know, when he was 1 of 7, when Connect was 3 of 8 or 3 of 7, whatever he was, Tennessee was shooting 30% from the field. And about 15% from three. That's not going to win you ball games. We got dominated on the offensive boards. At least it seemed that way. No, Texas, that one dang dude, man. I mean, that's all it was. Is that one dang dude. 17 rebounds by Garcia. That was absolutely insane. We got out-rebounded. And the one thing that I said that would be common throughout the rest of the year is the fact that Tennessee was going to rally up more assists than the other team. That did not happen. On Saturday night, Texas A&M would finish with 14. Tennessee only 11 
assist. This was just the most uncharacteristic basketball. Like, and we thought that, who was it? South Carolina. We thought that was uncharacteristic basketball. This was even more uncharacteristic on Saturday. Now, granted, you're on the road. Kind of a tough place to play, but not the toughest place to play. And you just couldn't get it done. You go down there. You can tack on the three threes that we made at the end. I mean, realistically, guys, can, can we all acknowledge the score was 85 to 69? We got beat by 25 points. It felt, felt like it, yeah. it. It felt like we got beat by 25 points. It felt like we were getting beat by a million in the first half. When everything they threw up was just going down, everything that we would throw up would just hit the back iron, bounce back up, getting dominated on the boards. You know, of course, 60% from the free throw line. Yeah, we missed 10 foul shots. Guess what? That's still not going to win you the game. But shooting 27% from three and 37% from the field total is not going to win you any games either. Texas A&M would shoot 46.7%. From the field, 39.3% from three. Now, Wade Taylor, it should be noted, yeah, he knocked down five. And it was his first five shots. He did not make a single three-point shot after that. He went 5-11 on the game. Yeah, they started 8 of 12. They finished 11 for 28. So, yeah. they went cold. Yeah, they went but cold. But we couldn't even. We couldn't answer. Yeah. What, do we get it down to 12 and then, yeah. We got it down to 12 at one point And couldn't then we just it. could not close it. Yeah, Wade Taylor finished with 25 points. And then Radford, golly. Tyrese that Radford. dude's a bucket. Dude, 27 Can we points. not keep him from going left, though? He got to his left hand every single time. He was time. driving on Josiah and Meshack like every, they were just not Everybody. Our one-on-one defense was terrible. Right. Well, it's like we talk about Jalen Brown. We joke about how he can't go left. It's like we could not defend to our right, it seemed like. It's like we just let no. that guy go left. And he just made it happen throughout the entirety of the game. Bottom line, guys, if you shoot as bad as what we did – on Saturday, come March, you're going to get bounced in the first weekend of the tournament. It, I'm okay with missing shots. Those things happen. Yeah. Like, you go cold, but the effort. There was no effort. There's there was no, no effort to play a one-on-one defense. No, there, there was, was no, no heart. There was nothing. I mean, I thought we got beat by a billion on the glass. I mean, you only got beat by what? Well, I mean, they have by eight, which isn't, like, horrible. It felt like 50 because that guy was just – tipping them out and just out hustling us. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Owaka was getting beat to the glass by this. And he's not over overly big. No. But, I mean, he does lead the country. I think they said he led the country rebounds per minute or something like that. Because he he's not a starter. Right. You know, so it was the effort. Um, it's, if you don't show effort, you're going to go out early in the first round of the it, tournament. It really seemed like we were missing a lot of wide-open shots. That's, that's another thing that really bothered me is the fact that we were missing wide-open shots. You can't – I mean, if you get the ball – whether you're beyond the three-point line, mid-range shot, in the key, it does not matter. You get the ball, you got a wide-open shot, you got to make it. It sometimes feel like like the more contests on the shot, the higher chance we have of making it. Like We it's just the, cannot make the wide-open shots. No, I mean, that's what's so weird is the fact that it seems like our contested jumpers are probably our best chances at making it happen. Oh, my goodness. Let's go ahead and get somebody in here. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on the show. Daniel is up first. What's up, Daniel? How y'all doing on this Monday morning? Uh, uh Man, I haven't had gluten. I haven't had a lot of gluten in a while, dude. I woke up this morning after what I ate yesterday because it was my cheat day for the first time in three months. Dude, I'm never eating gluten again. Uh, like I might even cut out beer at this point. 
you just need to you just need to get a good Charlie's pizza just just to recover. <laughs> what you need. If I had a Charlie's pizza right now, there's no telling what would happen to my body. Y'all y'all might be running me to the ER. Good Lord. You very well might. You very well might. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, I don't know. I I was I watched that game, and it felt like it was an eternity. That game mm-hmm. felt. That game went on for forever to to to, to mimic Sandlot for you. It was I mean, forever. <laughs> And then not to mention the antics. The the two things that bothered me. Why are they reviewing so much, too? They were reviewing a lot. Number one. Pat Adam. Two, when the guy goes up to dunk the ball, yeah, you yammed on Tobey. It's impressive. But you hung on the rim for Hanging on the rim. That's a a technical. Who cares? Tee him up. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, like, he was up there for a solid, it seemed like (laughs) five seconds. I think it was more along the lines of I think the rest were shocked by what just happened. Well. I, you know, I I don't get I give Texas A&M credit in the first half, but we did not even decide to get on the plane Mm-mm. to go to College Station. I mean, they didn't even show up to the arena. And I'm going to tell you something. I at first thought that there was there was some there was some like you know friction between Vesco and 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 um, Dalton and DK at first. You know, it was pretty clear that he was taking minutes and buckets and shots from him right i mean i i could see why why vesco, why vesco was was kind of you know in a funk i mean it is you, you you're three quarters of the way done with your season and i mean what i'm putting that in apb for him i mean this is like i i, I said it before and i'll say it again like without don't connect this is the same basically the same team that went to the Sweet 16 last year. What has happened to him? Now, Triple J and, and you know, he's uh, he's played decently. I ain't got, I mean, you still need more production out of out of him. But I have no idea what's wrong with Vesco. But that is going to be, I mean, the guy's got to give us 10 points a game. Yeah, he... He looks old and slow to me right now. He just oh, looks hey. like he can't get past anybody. People just dance around him. Like he looks easy. like one of those thirty-year-old has-beens in the NBA that was. And he won't shoot. He's open and he won't shoot. I know that's what's and so when weird. he is open, he doesn't make it ever anymore. And it's just, it's 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 almost sad to see a little bit. You know, he was our guy. You know, for, our, for and he's still our guy. You know, we, we love this guy for for all his years. And it's just, it's sad to to see him kind of fading right now the well, way he is well and something else of note we are three and two when zakai ziegler shoots more than seven threes or seven threes or more well yeah how many does he shoot a game i don't even know i I'd, I'd have i to would say it'd be about that many but i mean you know he played 40 minutes he wasn't playing well but the bad no. thing is i don't do, do you trust anybody else to come in and give the team a spark but you're down by 20 i mean i don't think he needs to be no. playing 40 minutes in this situation no and i'm gonna i'm gonna do him where's else. he <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you something else. Ganey does not need to be getting that many minutes. He needs to get half of that and play Mayshack more. Like I know Mayshack doesn't give you much on the offensive end, but maybe just so maybe his defensive production allows Vesco to be open or take more shots where he's not having to work so hard on defense. I don't know. But why are we giving Ganey so much minutes? If that guy ain't making buckets, he's worthless. Agreed. Yeah, Meshek only had 17 minutes and had five offensive rebounds in those. He minutes, only played one so. minute in the first half. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, a ghost in the first half. He made he made one 
bad foul and Barnes pulled him. Yeah. I I mean I ain't, it, I ain't I ain't selling the the season show. Was that was just, a bad that was a bad game. Daniel, was it just me? Was did it look like every time there was a timeout or or something like Barnes was in Connect's face? Like it seemed like the well, whole he was time. Him, man. Well, he was turning he was red ringing. a couple of times, and I think there was one time a player had to pull him back, Connect back from Barnes because he was going at him, and Connect had enough of it. You know, like well, there was you, that. Know, you know why are you just yelling at me? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, what do you want me to do? I mean, I'm the only one scoring in the first half, you know. Like well, speaking of Barnes getting mad, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, if there was one game that he should have got ejected from, like get so mad at Pat Adams that he should have got ejected, it should have been Saturday. Because when you yeah. look at what happened, you know, between the hanging on the rim, now I don't know if he's necessarily upset about that, but Buzz Williams running out to the logo to call timeout. I mean, they, Bar- yeah. That Ridiculous. was stupid. That was absolutely Ridiculous. stupid. Not only you know, didn't was, the Baylor coach get kicked out, got ejected for like coming out of the coach's box by like a foot. He got ejected like, for coming out of the coach's box, I think. And Buzz Williams on the middle of the court, like a sixth defender, and he was on the court a couple times when we shooting corner threes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I it, it just looked like we had no effort on defense. That no. how we were lost. We we didn't know where to be, and that's not and that's not our our, our identity. Um. We we still can bounce back. I, I I'm not I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but um, you can't have that production in the tournament clearly. But I don't think we're going to be on the one line any longer. I think that I think that was kind of poo pooed away after Saturday. I I think we're a two seed. I would have loved to have gotten that one seed. I think it's I think it's I think it's very important uh, for for success in March. But a, uh, a two will work, and I ain't going to complain about that. But I don't think we're going to be on the one line here on out. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd virtually have to win every the remainder of your games, virtually. Maybe, and that's maybe not one, one more loss, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, that's not going to happen. I mean, when you look at the trends from previous teams, you know, even the Grant and Admiral team and then last year's team, two teams that got compared to be the best Tennessee teams ever, which obviously the 18-19 team was clearly the best. We all, we all know that. But when you follow the trends of those teams, what happens come the, comes the month of February? You start to lose to teams that you should not lose to. You know, that 18-19 team went down to LSU and lost. Last year's team went down to Florida, lost. Lost to Vanderbilt, lost to Missouri. Games you should not have lost if you're the number two team in the country and supposedly the best Tennessee team yeah. ever. Well, and, and, and The analytics say it, that it is what it is, but the fact of the matter is I know what I'm seeing. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. We, we knew this was going to be our toughest game in our next, what, five games or whatever we have. Yeah. Like, AM, like I said, I know they're not playing it. They were a preseason top 10 team. They had the SEC Player of the Year preseason on their team. He proved it on Saturday. That little stretch they went on was pretty much the difference in the game. We could never recover for whatever reason. And, you know, you know, luckily we have, we're going to have like four or five games we're going to be heavily favored in now, you know, and hopefully oh, yeah. we, we bounce back, you know. And, you know, I mean, we got a game against, what, Vandy, I think, next, and right. we should be able to get right at that. You know, so I've not I've not been negative on this team all year. I've mm-hmm. not I've not been a negative. I've not been. I've not. The only thing that 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 aggravates me about Saturday is mm-hmm. if you are on the one line and you're you win games. That, and, and Texas A and M is a good team, but one line teams beat, wins on Saturday. And um, we're too veteran laden to lose games in that fashion. Now. Um, I expected it to be a tough game, but I expected us to come out, you know, a couple point victory or whatever. But you just good teams don't 
like one line teams don't play like that, and, and and we're better than what we played on Saturday, and they'll get it right. Um, but that was just a poor performance. Yeah. And all segue into the Super Bowl, guys. I don't think I've ever seen that. That was that was one of the best Super Bowls we've ever I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was, Quite frankly, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I, I hated defensive struggle, but towards the end of the game, you finally start to see some of those pop plays. Like but it was like good defense being played by good offense. Like it wasn't yeah. like the defenses weren't playing well. The offenses were making plays. Defense was making plays. It was good both ways. The quarterbacks were playing well. It was fun. I mean, you got to take second it to half, account especially too. fourth quarter and all that. I mean, look at the first half. It seemed like these guys were gassed. Everyone's like, "Well, why are they gassed? They've had two weeks of rest." It's like, well, they've been working for the past twenty six weeks. I don't know. They've been putting their bodies through very strenuous activities over the past twenty six weeks in order to prepare for this. Like that's that's just the nature of this game. The later you get, everyone's like, oh, the Super Bowl, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. Guys, here's the deal. You're tired by that point. You are very tired. What about college football the same way? No, no, it's really not. You've got 12 regular season games. If you're lucky, you go to a conference championship game, and then you have two games that decide who your national champion is. In the NFL, you have to prepare for the preseason. Then you have the preseason. Then you have a really long regular season. And then if you make it, to the Super Bowl, you're playing at least three games, sometimes four, in order to complete your season. Like, these guys were gassed. You make a good point with that. To me, it looked like the Niners dominated all three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, they it's like they realized that, okay, the game is on the line, and they just started to make mistakes. And, like, on defense mostly. Like, offense, yeah. they kind of did the same thing all – all game, they got away. From, they went away from running the ball as much. But in the fourth quarter, it's like their defense realized, "Hey, this is nut up or shut up time." And we got a. And it's like it's like it just got to them. Like mistakes started happening. They started allowing big chunk plays, and they had dominated the game all three quarters. You know, I, I mean, but I'll say, you know, I, I had no dog in the fight. My Bengals wasn't in it. But the thing, the thing is, it seems like. We got a dynasty on our hands, and he's Mahomes is twenty eight, and he and and he ain't going anywhere. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the salary cap and, and managing pieces because it's going to be hard to keep everything together. But we got a we got a whole other dynasty on our hands. Of course, it's in the AFC. So uh, y'all have a good night. Uh, good night. Y'all have a good day and good balls. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Daniel. Stay with us. GI Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. We make it easy to save money. Get access to thousands of discounts on shopping, dining, and travel with the CNB Plus Perks account. It's a powerful new way to save money with roadside assistance, cell phone protection, identity theft protection, and credit monitoring. Banking at CNB has its perks. Call or stop by a branch for more details. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach 
with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality design and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show, right here on Fan Run Radio, Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack. Guys, this Super Bowl last night. So, let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. Taylor's boyfriend won. Taylor's boyfriend won it. Now, granted, did he have the best game of his life? No. Did Jawan Jennings give his all once again? Yes, he did. Jawan Jennings, if you hadn't noticed, threw a touchdown pass and caught a touchdown pass. I want to say those were the only two touchdowns that San Francisco scored. And he accounted for both of them. Jawan Jennings, a seventh-round pick. Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick. Two seventh-round picks. Trey Smith, didn't he go in the sixth round? Yeah. So, I mean, you had a lot of uh, of late draft picks in the Super Bowl. Doing what they do. Just going out there, working hard, and making things happen. And that's exactly what they did. They just went out and made it happen. Now, when you look at everything that happened last night, no one would have predicted this score. I know a lot of us had some bets out there for the correct score. I placed about 20 of those bets. Placed a dollar on each. And then placed a $10 bonus bet on 24 to 21 Chiefs. Do you know how sick I yeah, was? That's too close. That that was way too close. I do know a guy, he played the squares, you know, the two and the five. Mm. And it hit. Wow. Plus 18,000 odds. Congratulations to you. Fantastic job, Stripes. Now, looking at the box score, Jawan Jennings QBR, 99.2. How about that? Jawan Jennings, one of one, 21 yards and a touchdown. Brock Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 yards. He did hit the over in overtime with one touchdown. The QBR 69.8. Patrick Mahomes, 34 third, or excuse me, 34 of 46, 
for 333 yards and two touchdowns. His second one, of course, coming at the end of the game in overtime. And was anyone else as confused as I was by these overtime rules? They had talked about it yeah. earlier in the season, but I don't think they'd marketed it well enough for it, people to actually know yeah, about it. Yeah, because the time ends in the regular season. It's a tie or the 49ers would have won. Right. They probably would have kicked a field goal earlier to tie the game. I don't know. Maybe See, and that's why I was so confused at the end of the game. I'm like, wait a minute, why are they letting this much clock run? Basically, it was going to be like a, a whole new quarter. So if the if the time yeah, had ran out, then Kansas City would have still had the ball at the beginning of the new overtime. So, and in years past, in the NFL playoffs in general, there's only been six double overtime games. Period. There's only been yeah. like a handful. Yeah. There's only been one overtime Super Bowl game. That, of course, being Falcons and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Looking at last night, how would you grade? the Super Bowl as far as the gameplay. Usher, Lil John, and Luda did a fantastic job at halftime, I thought. Incredible halftime show. That was great. Pre-game, fantastic. This is the one time I could say they actually nailed both of the performances, pre-game and halftime. I think they absolutely nailed it. Fantastic job. As far as the commercials go, didn't really see anything. I found out that we've been pronouncing Tamu wrong this entire time. I thought it was Timu yeah. or Timu. <laughs> this entire time apparently it's temu that was the only thing that i took away from last night it's like oh wow i'm an idiot probably a lot of other people are idiots as well because we all thought it was timu instead of timu but as far as the gameplay goes how would you grade it on a grading scale of a to f brett start with you i think it was uh first half was a little slow i mean second half was as good a football as i've seen in a long time uh, super bowl wise i i thought i'd give it an a minus I thought it was, you know, I got the result I, I was told you guys. Uh, you know, I thought Purdy was better than I thought he was going to be. Um, I I mean, overall, I thought the gameplay was, was pretty good. Yeah. Jack. Yeah, I'd give it an A, too. I mean, both teams I thought played great, and it was back and forth. Um, slow burn kind of game, which is yeah. fun. And then it got hot at the end. And it's just crazy that this was a down year for the Chiefs, and they still <laughs> – they still did. Don't look at me when you say that. I, I didn't mean to. Mark is probably glad the seats have changed in here right now. I can't look at him when I speak. We can, my... we can swap around in a minute. <laughs> Marcus, how are you, sir? Rough weekend all, all <laughs> over. Um, I worked a lot this weekend, so I missed the basketball game, thankfully. Yes. Um, Lucky. Now you missed my tirade. No, I listened to it on the way in. Um, and then, yeah, I had the Super Bowl yesterday. I was actually hanging out with some 49er fans. So we were we were chatting throughout the game, feeling good, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna let him have his moment to shine with me in a moment. I'm gonna give it a B plus, A minus area. Overall, it was good. The 49ers made a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying that the Chiefs didn't win it. That's not what I'm saying when I bring that up. But they went away from their game in the third quarter for some reason. They they stopped trying to run the ball. CMC was getting roughly three to five yards every carry it felt like mm-hmm. and they just stopped running the ball and started just throwing it more and it felt like it was just not nothing was going to happen um and then they just had some unfortunate mistakes that made the game hard hard to watch uh the i i thought mcleod had pointed the ball out and decided never mind i'm gonna go grab it little did i know he actually did probably the best thing he could have which was try to get the ball after it barely touched the ankle of a teammate on that punt Mm -hmm. because really 
you take away that turnover, the Chiefs only had one good drive, which was the drive that um, they brought it down to tie it up for, for overtime. They didn't really have much offensive going at all. Uh, they were they were getting to Mahomes. They were pressuring him. He wasn't getting the ball in the places he really wanted to, and it just it it felt like the 49ers defense was going to be good. You lose Greenlaw on a non-football injury. He was running back on the field and just popped an Achilles. I think. Well, that was another thing I wanted to bring up: was how many people did the turf monster capture? I don't, I don't know how many actually there were. Well, there was him, and then and then Debo. Debo went down with a cramp. He went down oh. for a while. Yeah. Um, I think they said that Kittle had a dislocated shoulder, and then he came back in after they popped it back into place and got a shot. Um, but I don't really blame that on the field. But yeah, Debo and Green. Yeah, Greenlaw, man, you watched that. He, he was just running on the field. He was doing something that he's done a million times. Yeah. So I, he was just running back out on the field, and the turf monster got him. Yeah, so you take that into play. There's also the – I thought it was just a bad PAT kick. Someone pointed on Twitter to me that it was a bad a bad hold, bad snap maybe, that caused that PAT, which that could have changed that the That cost hold. them the game. It, that, it would have put them up, what, four? It would have put them up three. four. Yeah, Tony Romo did say, and he's absolutely right, which is that you – march down that field that two-minute offense differently if you're going for a field goal than if you're going for a touchdown right and i thought so, that, i thought they were going to score a touchdown there at the end of regulation they should have i thought they were going to i thought i was like okay rasheed rice was wide open here comes the anti-hero here comes travis kelsey he's going to do it again well he had that big play but then yeah if you look if you look at the replay rasheed rice was wide open for a touchdown wide yep. open i mean right across the middle and he nobody and he was on him threw it in the corner to kelsey for some reason when he was covered, but trying to follow the script, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's different then, when you're in that mindset. He probably his mind up. He's gonna get that one on one, and well, I had no, he had he was pressured right at the beginning too. He had well, to get rid too, of early. Yeah. So and then the, the other issue that the 49ers had in my mind was in in overtime. You give the ball first. Someone mentioned that the defense probably needed a rest, maybe, but if the four, if the chiefs scored a touchdown you at least know what you have to you do you know what you have to do yeah. and the chiefs knew what they had to do when they kicked the field goal and if they take the ball first they made the mistake of it was like third and f- they're on the 5 yard line it was like third and 4 i think yeah the throw which by the way Juwan Jennings was open for another touchdown if it wasn't for Chris Jones who to me was the real mvp of this game what Chris Jones made some plays. Don't like, do this, you know, Marcus. Marcus, no, Marcus, Marcus you got to learn what you're saying. And think no. before you speak. I'm, uh, no, Chris Jones oh, disrupted one a play. Lot. No, it wasn't one play. No, dude, he was in the backfield so much. He disru- he he forced Brock Purdy many times into some bad throws on a regular basis. He to he me had was four total tackles, two solo. It doesn't matter how two many hits on the quarterback. He had a few plays that disrupted everything, including the play that had Juwan Jennings open for a touchdown. It, it wasn't just that play. If you watch the full game, I did. I'm not – look, you're thinking this is me bashing Mahomes. This is not me bashing Mahomes. This you just me. called another man uh, the MVP of the game. He, he disrupted that hey, Jack, game this is the point where, we'll, where we just let them argue. <laughs> well, you just, guys agree this is Mahomes' MVP, right? Chris Jones shouldn't even be in this conversation. Do you think Chris Jones didn't have he had a good game, game? But he, yes, but the, I mean, not as much as Ladarius Sneed or uh, McDuffie, the corners. <laughs> what? Yeah, they shut down Debo. 
They, they did. shut down Ayuk. They did. Yeah, Jennings got his, but would you, who would you rather have beat you, Jennings or Debo or? It doesn't matter. About, that's not. That's not my. Well, first of all, there were a couple. Both Debo and Ayuk had open touchdowns that that Purdy overthrew because who was pressuring him right in his face to throw it sooner than he wanted to? I don't remember Chris, Chris Jones' Jones. name Chris being Jones. called all that much, except for that one play. Did you have your volume off? No, I watched the whole game. <laughs> Former I Tennessee like- kicker has chimed in. He said the kick was low on the PAT. Yeah. So that's what I initially thought, but someone told me it was a bad snap, so maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. I, it to me, when I first watched it, it felt like, no offense to a— It was Aaron Medley, by the way. It, no offense to another former kicker, it felt like a Daniel Lincoln kick. That's what it felt like, which his kicks were always a little bit lower. So I thought it was a low kick initially, but someone had told you me. You're more so referencing uh, Mount Cody, that we, big we, in from Alabama. We don't, we don't have to specify what I was that talking That dude was about. Talladega. That dude was Talladega. But yeah, and, and all I can hear now in my head is Vern Lundquist, blocked again! Cody again! Alabama wins! I don't need to hear it again. So, But to go back to my initial point, after that missed throw, you go for it on fourth. You go for it on fourth. You get that first down to try to go for the touchdown in overtime because you don't get it on that fourth down call. Guess what? Yeah, you run the risk of the Chiefs driving the ball down and just kicking a field goal to win, but they're in the side of the five. They're in their own five-yard line. You're trying to win this game. I mean, Tony Roman was saying go fourth and fourth in your own twenty-five, which is crazy to me. But no, I'm I'm going for it on fourth down in my in the red zone because one, there's still a first down opportunity, and you're trying to win the game. I, I thought there was just poor coaching in that in that overtime, and they got bailed out on a hold by one of your boys on Jawan Jennings, and it was it was the right call, but bailed out because they should have had to have punted that ball. Well, I mean, you know, there was there are plenty of calls that were missed in this game. I mean, we can we can all acknowledge that holding can be called on every single play in football. Sure, there were a I few mean, holdings like on this. both sides, I felt well, like. I mean, the one that was more egregious than anything that I thought was the hold that didn't get called where Bosa basically got Byron Young, or not Byron Young, but uh, Tyler Barron yeah. basically got put in a headlock and tackled to the ground. And I was like, well, they flat out missed that one. I mean, there yeah. were a couple of things in this game. Now, there was – the the Des Bryant catch we're gonna call it like it is that was a Des Bryant catch Des Bryant even tweeted in oh, and said uh, you that wasn't a catch but the thing is I thought it was a catch personally I mean I mean he made a move he made a football he yeah. made a football he move. turned up the field and it would have the, the call would have probably stood but I mean there wasn't enough to overturn it but that's one of those you look at and it's like yeah it, it felt like a Des Bryant moment it also felt like a Megatron moment remember when he got up for that touchdown oh, yeah. and put the it, it so it wouldn't have shocked me had they overturned it, which is why I was looking at the TV yelling, hurry up and run a play so they don't go to the booth. Like, hurry, hurry up. I was waiting on him to blow the whistle. I was too. And and I felt like the 49ers were lollygagging. But their biggest mistake... Anybody else I, noticed the ref sounded a little bit like Lou Holtz? No, you notice weird things when you watch football. <laughs> no, I didn't but I think the biggest mistake that the 49ers made was in the third quarter, they went away from their game. Uh, and I think that was what probably hurt them the most. They they went away from CMC, and I think that was their, their biggest mistake. If the 49ers had won, I think we can all agree right now, Juwan Jennings was the MVP. Yes. He he was a part of your two touchdowns. He helped with that that overtime turn or uh, penalty. 
And I mean, he had four receptions, 42 yards, one touchdown receiving, one touchdown passing. It may not have been the biggest. Uh, Jawan Jennings line, had the highest QBR out of any quarterback. <laughs> he threw one pass. And it's called this like it is. Jawan Jennings was the highest rated quarterback coming out of high school. Of the three people that threw a pass in this game, Jawan Jennings was the highest rated quarterback out of all three of them. He was also higher ranked than Joe Burrow. I was having to, I was telling someone that same thing, and I was looking up some of the other quarterbacks. He was ranked higher. He was ranked higher than Joe Burrow. Well, that's something that a lot of people forget is Jawan Jennings was recruited. Recruited where did he play? Blackman. Yes. Perfect, bro. Yeah. So he was recruited as a dual threat quarterback coming out of there, and of course, you get on Twitter last night and Butch Jones is posting. Yeah, don't act like Kyle Shanahan was like thinking, oh, let's look at his Butch Jones play call, see how we can I was waiting for Butch Jones to tweet out some Travis Kelsey highlights since he coached him. I was waiting on him to tell us that Shy Tuttle fell on a helmet, and that was the truth. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. segment hour number one here on the gi jake show it's fan run radio 105.7 fm 1340 a.m online at fan and your free fan run radio app football might be over for this year for the good stuff college football is over the nfl is over college football talk has ramped up a little bit over the past week as you all know chip kelly is leaving ucla to become the offensive coordinator at ohio state they are really taking losing Mich- losing to Michigan three years in a row really, really hard. They're taking that really hard. See, I, I wonder if it's more of Chip Kelly leaving because he's tired of trying to turn UCLA into something. You can't turn UCLA into anything. That program was decent in the 90s. They have not done anything since. They've really not. They went from what? Adidas to Under Armour to now Jordan. They have a brand crisis. Just a just a mess. Just an absolute mess out there. And then you got the deal down at Alabama, which they're trying to put together a staff. Now you got staff members leaving, taking NFL jobs. You've also been accused of tampering. What in the world is happening right now with college football? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, losing, uh, you know, you mentioned 
players going or coaches going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we, we were talking about it in the break. Jerry Mack leaving. You worried? What's that? Are you worried about uh, filling in that Jerry Mack spot? I mean, he was a good fit. He was a good fit recruiter, I would say. So, I mean, you're going to lose you're going to lose that edge when you go into a recruit's home. Now, granted, Rodney Garner, he's still on the defensive side of the ball. Auburn tried to pry him away. They didn't get him. You're going to have somebody to have to or you're going to have to have somebody to fill that void on the offensive side of the ball, especially in your backfield. Because if you want to continue to develop guys like Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, you know, hopefully Khalifa Keith does something. What's that dude's name? Deshaun Bishop from Carnes? Yeah. You know, maybe he's going to develop. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, it's a new era of college football. There's no more four-team playoff. The BCS doesn't exist anymore. Everything you know in the sports world, everything that you knew growing up, it's now gone. And guess what? 12 teams isn't going to be enough either. They're going to have to go to 16 eventually. The FCS does 24 teams in a playoff. I say there should be 32. Do it March Madness style. Take one game away from the regular season. There's no sense in having your conference championship game anymore. Just 32 teams. All conference champions get in automatically, no matter if you're in the SEC, the Big Ten, the SOCON independent. I don't care. Put them in there. 32 teams. That's how it should be. But looking at basketball now, you know, we talked to Daniel earlier in the show about how Tennessee's probably not going to be on that one line anymore. And I thought that was. Yeah, I mean, didn't they already have us off after the game? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean, when you look at everything that transpired, I mean, Joe Lenardi, he updated this last week, and that was when he had Tennessee as a one seed. We're we're off that now. Well, he uh, actually he actually took us off the one after Arizona beat Utah in overtime. So he actually took us off the one before Saturday's game. And yeah, I I don't think we're going back. No, I mean right now as it stands, we're in the West region, which will be played in Los Angeles. Um, and in that region, you've got Arizona, Virginia, Creighton, Baylor, BYU, Ole Miss, Wisconsin, Texas Tech. Butler, and of course, we would play Troy in the first round. Thoughts, concerns, comments? Still early. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you could win out. I mean, you could. I mean, you got four ranked teams you play. I mean, the rest of the teams in front of you have a tough schedule. I mean, Kansas is going to have a brutal schedule coming home. North Carolina. I mean, a lot of those teams. Houston. I mean, any team you're competing with, Arizona's proven they can lose to anybody. I mean, there's so much still to play for. I mean, I think all, if you're a one or two seed, I think you're feeling pretty good. Well, can we all agree that there's only two teams that are head and shoulders better than everybody right now? I mean, the only reason that one of them's head and shoulders better than everybody is because they got somebody that's seven foot four. That's the only reason they're better than everybody because they literally just get the head ball and inside. shoulders above. Yes, literally head and shoulders above everybody. Nice. nice, nice play. But the thing is, Purdue. When you have Zach Eady, now Grant, we've seen this team do some stuff that it shouldn't. Everybody remembers Fairleigh Dickinson from last year. You know what else happened the last time someone beat the number one overall seed as a 16th seed? What happened? The next year, the next year they ended up coming back and winning the whole thing. You look at UConn, your reigning champion. Nobody is better than them, in my opinion. I think that UConn's probably, you know, 
probably your best team in the country right now, aside from Purdue. And then everything else down below it, with the parity in college basketball, with the way that the transfer portal's been utilized, with the way that recruiting happens now, it's kind of just all over the place. You look at Tennessee, it's like, okay, well, this is a team that by the analytics should only lose one game throughout the rest of the year after we got through that gauntlet of UNC, Arizona, or not Arizona, but uh, Kansas and uh, Purdue. Now, when you got through that gauntlet, it seemed like Tennessee, by the analytics, should have only had one loss the rest of the year. Now, granted, those are not always right. I've tried to bet with Ken Palm. I've tried to do that. It doesn't work. Newsflash, it just does not work. But when you look at the bracket right now, should Gonzaga be in consideration after what they did on Saturday? That's a tough one. That was our first quad one win. You know, Isn't I, that strange to think about? Yeah. I mean, they do play a tough schedule. All their losses are to quality opponents as far as I know. Maybe one bad conference loss, but... I mean, I I think going going on the road. I mean, granted, it's Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's lost now three in a row at home. So how good of a win is that now? You know, when most of the time it would be a great win. So you don't know. I I think they'll get in just on being Gonzaga. You think they'll get in? That, that I mean, they got to be at least a play in, and they could win their conference tournament very easily. Two of their losses are UConn and Purdue. Yeah. That'll help out a lot. That'll yeah. help them. St. Mary's, St. Mary's is ranked, right? Am I wrong on that? St. Mary's, right now, as it stands, is an eight seed that would play Purdue in the second round if they get past TCU. Yeah. Gonzaga's not anywhere on this list. And that's no. just weird to me. Now, can we all agree Gonzaga's not a mid-major? Mm. On a good year. Closer to a blue blood, usually, yeah. Feels like it, at least. I would agree with that. I wouldn't say they're a blue blood, but uh, you, yeah, you put them they in the conversation. The yeah. yeah, because they're always one of these teams. They're in the top ten. They're in the top five. They're always going to be a high seed in the tournament. Mark Few is going to have them in the NCAA tournament. And when you look at this Gonzaga team, it's like what in the world has happened this year? And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, like we just mentioned, there's more parity in college basketball now than what there ever has been. You know, Mark Few, he's got an 83% win percentage throughout his head coaching career. The only place he's been a head coach is Gonzaga. He's 705 and 140. That's 83% he has won. He is 41 and 22 in the NCAA tournament. 45 and 5 in the West Coast Conference tournament. Can anyone tell me the last time that Mark Few did not make the NCAA tournament? Had to be one of his first couple of years. I mean, right? <laughs> I don't know when else. It seems like they're always making a Cinderella run when even his early years. The COVID year. Yeah. Oh, was that the last time? That was the last <laughs> time and before that he has made the NCAA tournament each year that he's been there. There's only been one year in which he was not a conference champion or conference regular season champion. And that was in twenty eleven, twenty twelve when they went twenty six and seven. I mean, you look at the success of this coach. And we've known Gonzaga to be like this for a long – like literally ever since I've been alive, all I've known is Gonzaga's going to find their way into the NCAA tournament. That's just kind of what they've built up there. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. No, they're a quality program for sure. And to think that they might not be in the NCAA tournament, that just blows my mind. I don't know why I can't get past that, but 
There's still so much season that they're going to be in. There is. I think they go on a big run. They'll probably win their conference tournament, and then they're in the tournament, and nobody's going to want to see them in their bracket because they were a preseason top five, top ten team. They were. loaded. They're loaded. I mean, they went on the road and got a press win. I, still Kentucky. It's not a talent issue. Matter of fact, I don't even think it's a coaching issue. I just think they don't work well together. Talent's there. Coaching's there. They're just not executing. That can be – that case can be said for basketball and football teams across the country with that. Whether that be at the college level or the professional level. We've seen it at the professional basketball level time and time again. There's talent there. They're just not winning. You look at the Detroit, the Detroit Pistons right now. There's talent there. I don't know what in the world's going on with that whole dumpster fire. Stay with us. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you